0: Welcome back to the Bible Talks. I'm so glad you were able to join me. There is something special that God wants to tell you this morning because God's Word always, always delivers. He always gets through to the heart, to the mind. He knows exactly where you are. You're being prayed for. In fact, you are being spoken for in heaven, in God's courts, in the highest corridors of authority. Your name is being spoken with affectionate tones and a passionate, passionate support. God has you covered. Isn't that amazing? That's absolutely beautiful. Let me say a word of prayer for you as we get started, and you will listen to God's word, hopefully with your Bible open or relaxed, alone with the family, whatever your situation may be, and I hope that God's word will bless you today. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your son, the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the word that is in our hand. Thank you that we can talk about it and it makes sense and it's relevant to our lives. Thank you that you are praying for us, Jesus, even as we walk about our daily lives here on earth. Thank you that our future is secure. Lord, minister to our hearts this morning. Touch us in a way that will change the way we think and believe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're in a series called The Greatest Advocate, and we've been talking about how Jesus has been speaking up for you ever since he entered heaven, ever since he returned to the Father. He has had this ministry of praying for you and for me. All right? So as we understand and look into the heart of Christ through the prayer and unpack this prayer, we learn more and more about what Jesus is praying for, what he thinks and how he feels towards you and me. Last time, over the last two or three times, we've been talking about who Jesus is and how he prays and and who all he prays for. And we talked about how he prays for his disciples then. Today, we're going to enter into a part of the prayer where he actually talks about you and me and he prays for you and me. Today, we will hear Jesus pray for us, disciples of 2020 disciples of the current age he is praying for us so let's remember the context and go back a few verses just to get a running start okay if you have your bibles with with you that's great otherwise of course it'll be on the screen and you can always read it there john chapter 17 the gospel of john chapter 17 if you backtrack with me to verse 16 it says this they are not of the world jesus speaking to the father talking about the disciples he says they are not of the world just like i am not of the world where did that come from Refer back to last time's sermon when Jesus gave us new birth in Christ and he left his promise and the gospel transformed us and we are now no more part of the world. We are no more of the world, although we're still in the world. So Jesus prays two very important things. He says, keep them apart from the world. Keep them set apart. How? Sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. And we talked about this last time that God's word helps us, leads us, guides us. It's the compass to keep us set apart from the world, although we are in the world. It's like being like a boat on the water with no water in the boat. When the boat is on the water, you're okay. You can still sail, but when the water gets in the boat, that's when you're in trouble. We are in the world, but we're not off the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them out in the world. So I've sent them out on a mission. For their sake, I'm consecrating myself. So sanctify them with the truth. So two very important aspects here. One, Jesus is praying for that. We set apart ourselves that God keeps us set apart. God keeps us sanctified while we're in the world. Yet we're walking different. We're thinking different, different heartbeat, different drumbeat. The second thing is that we are here for a purpose. We're here for a mission and we need to be we need to be equipped for that mission we need to be empowered for that mission and God gives us that success okay so I want you to remember that that Jesus said to God, God the Father, I don't ask that you take him out of the world. I'm not asking you to end their career there end their time there because there's work to be done. Don't take them out of the world, but keep them while they are in the world. There's so much more I'd love to share with you. Time is short. I want to jump in and let's get started. Okay, let's move on to verses 20 and following into the passage of Scripture. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you 2000 years ago? Did you know that Jesus prayed for you 2000 years ago? That means he knew you 2000 years ago. He knew your needs 2,000 years ago. He knew that you would have believed 2,000 years ago. Jesus is God come down in the flesh and he was praying as if he knew you right now, front and center. He was looking right at you. He prayed for you. And this is very encouraging for the believer, especially because you know that if God knows you that well, and if he prayed for you 2,000 years ago, his prayer for you right now would be even more potent. Even more powerful, even more relevant. Such a blessing to know this. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you 2,000 years ago? Drop in the verse 20, he says this. I do not ask for these. You see that? These. I do not ask for these only. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the disciples. He has just been praying for the ones who are with him in time. In time, 2,000 years ago, with him, right? But also, you see that? But also for those Uh aha who will believe in me ah he knew he knew about you and me who will believe i love this part who will believe through their word whose word these disciples okay let's do that again let's do that again i do not ask for these only so i'm not just praying for these guys these disciples right now but I pray for those who will believe based on the ministry of these guys so Jesus is even more confident in his prayer because he's saying keep them so that their mission is successful so he's so confident in his prayer that he knows that even the mission is going to be successful because 2,000 years later you are going to believe and you are going to be prayed for isn't that fascinating Jesus had the whole thing covered. He knew what he was talking about. He was seeing them as present and you as present because Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. I don't ask for these only. Look at that again. But also for those who believe in me, who will believe in me based on what? Based on their word. Keep them, Father. Keep them because they have a mission to accomplish. So you know that Jesus prayed for you 2,000 years ago. Jesus prayed that our mission would be successful. Jesus prayed that our mission would be successful. 21. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us. There's a lot of in and out here, right? So Jesus says, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. They are in me, and hence they are in you, Father. Keep them in this unity, just like we are united and there's nothing that can come between us. Keep them united in us. Why? Because that unity is crucial, critical to the mission. That unity is crucial and critical to the mission. He says, so that, look on your screens, so that the world may believe that you sent me. You see that? so that the world may believe that you sent me. Hang on. Stop. Think for a minute. What is the meaning of this incredible statement? First of all, he says that they may all be one. Jesus, why are you praying for our unity? Why are you praying for our oneness? What is it that is so crucial of that oneness to the mission? Number two, the mission itself that they may believe that you sent me. What is so crucial about believing that Jesus came from God? Why is it important that the world believe that? Let me tell you, because that is the way to salvation. That is the way to salvation. No, it's not be a good person, do great things, accomplish great things for God. It's not about good works. It's not even about bad works. It's not about how good you are or comparison to anyone else. This is so incredibly critical. Why is it important that the world believe that Jesus came from God? Because believing that is what grants you salvation. Once you believe that, that Jesus came from God, you will understand that Jesus is God, that the work he did was for God and eternal And that our salvation was God's idea, that our salvation was out of his love and his grace. Let me take you to scripture. Little earlier in this chapter, John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus himself defined eternal life. He said this, and this is eternal life. What? That they may know you. We've been doing a lot of they and theirs. Remember that they may know you, the one true God that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. So two components that they have to believe in order for this to be the gospel, in order for this to bring salvation to their hearts. What is it? Chapter 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life. What? That they may know you, the only true God. See, Jesus came with one passion, one mission, one uh, goal, And that is that the world may know who God is, that the world may understand who God is, that the world may be introduced back to God. Jesus was reintroducing, reconciling a world back to himself, a world that was lost, a world that had turned its back on him, a world that didn't want to worship him. And they must know him through this Jesus Christ, this savior whom he sent. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is this man? Who is this person? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, you see that on his screen, that He gave His only begotten Son. That is a critical word in the gospel. His only begotten Son. That's Jesus. Okay, so that they may believe in You, Father, the One True God, and Your Son, Jesus Christ. Why? Because He is the only begotten Son. What does begotten mean? It means the only one to come from, the only one. To come from. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Have eternal life. Give eternal life. Have eternal life. They may come to the Father. God the Father is the giver of life. To know God the Father, the one true God, is eternal life. Jesus Christ brings that life to the person who believes in him. Let me take you to the third verse. Romans chapter 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, what do you say? Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the gospel. What must one believe in order to be saved? He must believe that Jesus Christ has come from God the Father. Therefore, he's revealing who God is. And that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God. He is Lord. He is God. And when you believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth and say, I believe Jesus Christ came from God and is God, you are saved. Your entire salvation rests on who you think Jesus is, not what you think you are. Your entire salvation rests, and I repeat, on who you believe Jesus is, on not what you believe you are. He says, for with the heart. One believes and is justified, but with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Let me just leave one more thing with you before I finish. Jesus shared his glory with us so that the mission would be successful. Not only did Jesus pray for us so that the mission would be successful, but Jesus shared his glory with us so that the mission will be successful. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, the glory that you have given me, Jesus talking to the father in his prayer says the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Why? That they may be one even as we are one. Remember that Jesus was God incarnate and God had given him his spirit. Do you remember the baptism? The Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus and he went into the wilderness and with the spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. He did his miracles. He did his life. So, God's presence, God's anointing, God's Holy Spirit was on Christ. That is the glory that God gave Jesus. Okay? And Jesus says, look at the verse again. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. So, what unites believers? What unites us and brings us together and makes us one? One body, one entity, one name, one faith, one baptism. What makes us one? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the power of God, the presence of God and the mission of God. Verse 23 says, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one. So God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Christ is in us reconciling the world to himself. God and Christ and us are bound by the Holy Spirit reconciling the world to himself. It's not about you. It's about reconciling the world to himself. If you have come to faith in Jesus, your life from now on, every breath, every step, every agenda, every goal, every target needs to be about reconciling the world to God. The idea here is that you may be brought together in some spiritual life, in the same spiritual life around the truth that saves. Salvation is at the heartbeat. Unity is the power of the witness. That prayer was answered in the reality of the church. When the Holy Spirit came down 50 days after Jesus left, On the day of Pentecost, he brought the church together and the church was born. Let me read this verse for you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many, are one, so it is with Christ. Can I do that again? For just as the body is one and it has many members, one body, many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are actually one. They are one body. Same it is with Jesus. Same it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized, many members, we're all baptized into one body. So when Jesus was praying that you may be one, he was praying that you may be one body, one mission, one baptism, one faith, one One in Christ. There's another verse of scripture that really highlights and supports this. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through to 22. For through him, we both, he's talking about Jew and Gentile, both have access in one spirit to the Father. We are now all one, not separate, not different, not segregated, no difference in color, creed, religion, background, ethnicity, language, nothing. We are all one. Why? So then you are no longer strangers, and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Look at that again. You have become saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom, that's in Christ, in whom the whole structure, that is the church, the people, the body that God is building, being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. God is bringing together everyone who believes so that he may dwell among us we may be a dwelling place, a temple for him. In him, you are being built together. Look at that, verse 32. In him, 22, you have been built together into a dwelling place by God, by the Spirit of God. Isn't that amazing? So the unity of the believers on earth will come from their maturity. Maturity will come as they live in the word. Sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. It will come by the power of the Holy Spirit that binds them together. This is crucial. It affects the divine purpose of God. It affects the salvation of those in the world. This ministry was given to the church. This ministry was given to the church. Let me lay it out in, in like a formula. Jesus prays that we would be set apart in the world, but not of the world. Set apart, different, sanctified for a purpose. Having been set apart, Jesus prays that we would grow in him, grow in unity, grow in oneness. And then Jesus prays that we would witness in power, witness in power that the world may know, that the world may know. So set apart, growing in Christ, witness in power. Set apart, growing in Christ, witness in power and might. All this so that the world may know that you sent me Jesus says to God that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. So the world may know how much they're loved as they see you loving me, as they see you and me one in each other. That is the gospel of Christ. That's the good news. So Jesus has given his church everything we need to succeed. Not everyone is going to hear and believe that Jesus came from God. And restores man to God. But many will believe. Many will believe. So the gospel is pure. The gospel is potent. Jesus is real. And God sent his son into the world. Go, he said. Go into the world and give your life for my children. Go into the world and give your life for those who will believe. God sent him into the world and Jesus says to uh, God the Father, as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. So Jesus turns to you and me and says, go. Go, there are people who want to believe. There are those in your office, there's those in your family, there are those on the street, there are those in your life that want to believe. Their heart is ready, their minds are are prepped. The Holy Spirit has been working on them. Go, give them the gospel. Tell them that I have come from God the Father. Tell them that I am loved and I will love them. Tell them that their sins can be forgiven. It is our solemn duty, my brothers and sisters, to give the good news to them. It is not our duty to bring them to salvation. It is not our duty to convert them, but it is our duty to tell them the good news of salvation. So we set ourselves apart with a life that is pure and set apart for him. We grow in Christ as we maintain fellowship with one another and strengthen one another and stay one and let nothing divide us. And then we witness with power. Is there any part of this that is missing in your life? We cannot let anything hinder Our unity whether it be self-centered living or whether it be immaturity we got to keep on every man for the master and his mission every man for the master and his mission are you ready for that will you pray with me right now will you pray that Christ's prayer applies to your life Lord I want to be set apart from the world I don't want to be part of this world and where it's headed. I want to live in this world for the mission you came into the world for. If God sent you, Jesus, and you're sending me, I'm not going to waste a single day for anything else. If unity and my maturity is what is at stake, I'm going to give myself wholly to that. And if witness is empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you have called me to do it, I will live every breathing hour of my life for the witness of of the Lord Jesus unashamedly audaciously from Facebook to Twitter from Instagram to personal relationships and conversations I will not lose any opportunity to tell the world that this Jesus I worship came from God and he is the truth the resurrection and the life may the Lord bless you as you take this very very seriously and make a fresh commitment today to worship him and to make him known. The Lord bless you.